have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to date. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be talking B90. And again, I'm going to apologize after, before every episode that things are a little late this week. But we will try to get everything to you as quickly as possible. Um, but we have, as always, some hot goss and memes. So let's start with the hot goss. So actually we do have, well, we're going to say this is a mix of hot goss and announcement. Um, but I believe we've talked about selling OCs coming soon and that we are definitely covering it. So that's coming on September 8th. So again, it looks like we have all of the same people coming back uh, for selling OC. We have Alex Hall, we have Alexandra Jarvis, Alexandra Rose, uh, Austin, Brandy. I can't remember who Brandy is. Uh, Geo, Kayla, Lauren, Short, Polly, Brindle, Sean, whoever Sean is, and obviously. Tyler. So that's who we should expect to see along with our two favorite brothers. So yeah. Next, F Boy Island. We have talked about this as well. This is coming as soon, I believe, sometime in October. So we now have our full cast of F Boy Island. So I'm going to talk about them here. So we've talked about this before. We have Katie Thurston, who was a bachelorette a few seasons back. We have someone named, I don't know if it's Hallie or Haley Okiowo. Um, don't know if I said that name right. Uh, she's a model. And then we have Daniela Grace, who is an influencer. Um, 
And as always, for those who don't know the premise of F-Boy Island, they're going to try to suss out who of the 21 men are F-Boys, are nice guys. Whoever's a nice guy will go to the nice guy island thing. Or if you're a bad guy, you go to Limbro. So I also have a list of the 21 men. And we will, you know, we're not going to predict at the moment who we think is a nice guy or an F boy. We need to see them. But based on some of their uh, occupations, well, we'll let you come to that determination. So here are the guys. We have Bryce G. He's 28, lives in LA, and he is a consulting firm owner. We have Christian L. He's 30, lives in Houston, and he is a teacher slash coach. We have Connor F. He's 26, lives in Kansas City, um, and he is a DJ slash healthcare consultant, so clearly DJ by night. We have Curtis CJW. He's 24, lives in Dallas, and he is a basketball player. Mm-hmm. We have Deontay Marquise P. Uh, Marquise in quotes, so that's his nickname. He's 25, lives in Dallas, and he is a fitness coach. We have DOP. He's 30, lives in L- uh, Las Vegas. And y'all, he is a Chippendales dancer. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. We have Elijah D. He's 25. He lives in Houston and he is a trucking company co-owner. We have Alicia D. He's 25, lives in Houston and... Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He is maybe also a trucking company owner. We have an Elijah and Alicia, and they're both 25, and they both live in Houston. I think they're twins. Okay. Um, we have Evander C. He's 25. Lives in Milwaukee. Senator Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, and, sorry. <laughs> and he's a personal trainer. There you go. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Ian M. He is 22. Lives in Nashville, and he is in hospitality and and a branding agency. We have Jared A. He's 24. Lives in Miami, and he is a model slash entrepreneur. We have Jonathan T. 31. Lives in LA. Fashion creative. I don't know what that means, but okay. Keith M. 30. Lives in Las Vegas. He's an opera singer. Chris T, 25, San Diego, sales, and he's a sales for a medical marketing company. Marco D, 28, hometown, West Hollywood, California, and he is an auditor slash comedian. Nike, I think is how you say it, R, he's 32, lives in LA, he's a singer-songwriter. Pierce W, 28, LA, and he's a yoga teacher. That could go either way, y'all. Sean P, he's 29, lives in LA, personal trainer. Steven C, 23, lives in St. Pete's, Florida, 
and he is in finance. Tanner G, 25, lives in Anaheim. I think I said that correct, right? Anaheim, Anaheim, California. Uh, he is a manual therapist slash cybersecurity. Interesting. And last but not least, we have Vince X. He's 31, lives in LA, and he is a lawyer. Y'all that also gonna go anywhere when you're 31. Anyway. Um, so yeah, the show comes on October 12th. So we definitely, like I've said, after naming all these people, we're covering it. So we something came out regarding David and Sheila. And I guess people were basically asking him in terms of helping with, I guess, fixing her home. Um, why David didn't do like a GoFundMe page for her. So apparently David ended up, you know, going to onto his Instagram to reveal why um, he can only help Sheila with his money and can't start this GoFundMe is because I can't, he says, sorry, I can't do that because I can't afford to pay taxes or IRS. So it looks like maybe there's some tax issues going on here. And what's probably going to end up happening, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, because I live here in Canada, so I don't know how this works. But maybe if he were to start a GoFundMe, they would take that money and pay off his taxes instead of it going to Sheila, which is unfortunate. Um, But full quote that he said was, hello, fans. I know that lots of people ask me about GoFundMe and sorry, I can't do that because I can't afford pay tax or IRS. And I can't send money to house for sale. So it's very broken English, by the way. Um, yes, I will still send money to support Sheila and Sheila's family too. Please wait and see on TV show of end of episode or season. Thank you. So I'll post this on our socials so you can see for yourself, uh, what he, he had to say. Um, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, not be- not because that he can't help her. It's not about that per se, but, um, yeah, no, I got it. So while we are on the topic of David and Sheila, she finally addressed the pregnancy rumors. <laughs> And she says, and I quote, I'm not pregnant. It's just belly because I'm gaining weight. I mean, I don't know if that necessarily squashes the rumors because, you know, when one is pregnant, you still gain weight nine times out of 10. So I don't know if that necessarily squashes the, the rumors, but that, uh, that is what she has to say. So I don't know. I guess we'll take her her word for it. But you know, I I don't know. But anyway, next. I don't know what's happening here. And again, 
these are photos that I will post to the social medias um, once this episode is released. But there is a picture um, that someone, I believe, on Instagram posted, or maybe it could it could be something else too. I'm not sure. Maybe Twitter. Um, from Gino Sandals. Okay. It looks like there is a photo caught with definitely Mike of Mike and Herminer. Okay. And he is walking with someone who 100% looks like Jasmine. Gino's Jasmine. Okay. And unfortunately, this shot is from behind. So it's hard to really confirm if it is Jasmine. However, there is another photo on Jasmine's Instagram that shows her wearing the exact same thing that is shown with this picture with Mike. I'm confused because here's my thing. Last I heard, Mike is engaged to someone right now. I don't know if he still is. I don't follow this guy. And and then you have Jasmine, who's supposed to be with Gino. Now, I believe that the first season, the, the, the Jasmine's first season on B90 was also the same season as uh, Mike's. However, there's this, they're, they're wondering if it's because the towel is being filmed um, or has been filmed. Um, potentially, I can see that definitely being a possibility. However, why is Mike anywhere near this tell-all? I do know Mike lives in New York. I do remember that. But he doesn't live in the city. Like, I I don't know exactly where they film the tell-all, but I'm assuming somewhere in the city. And he doesn't live in the city. And I don't think he lives very close to the city. Like, I don't think he is far from my recollection, but I don't think he is still that close. And he has no leg in this race. He's not on the the season. Thank the Lord. So I'm very confused. Very, 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 very confused. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that she's with Mike. I don't know if Mike's her type. (laughs) I think she even has standards. Let's be real here. Um, But I would be really shocked if they were. So I guess more to come with that, if there is really anything to come with that. But yeah, I will definitely post that um, when uh, on the socials when the episode airs. So you can also see the picture with her and Mike and a picture that she posted to her Instagram wearing the exact same outfit. Okay. So that's it for the hot goss. We definitely have more hot goss, but I'm going to save it for the other episode. So I'm not bombarding you with everything in one episode. So meme number one, Gino ejaculates one time 
and thinks Jasmine is pregnant three days later. Simmer down, buddy. Yeah, I agree. Like, we'll get there. Next meme. I was shocked. Every relationship I've ever had, I rushed into, and it's blown up in my face spectacularly. I could have never predicted the same thing would happen this time. I did everything the same. I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. I don't have to say. Next. (laughs) This guy will do anything, quote unquote, to make the relationship work other than tell anyone in his life about her or listen to a word she says. Again, y'all should know who I'm talking about, so I shouldn't have to say exactly who I'm talking about. Next, Violet told Riley that before things turned bad at dinner, that dinner, she had been thinking about spending the night with him. (laughs) Oh, fuck guy, you screwed the pooch. Actually, no, you actually didn't screw anything. Wow. Next. David gave John Real one of his shirts to wear to the restaurant because John Real's was still wet from the beach. I thought that was cute. So many people abusing the system. Meanwhile, here's David with a severe disability, working two jobs to provide for Sheila and her son. Stand up guy right there. Yeah, he has definitely. Yeah. And actually come to think of it, wouldn't he technically have two because he's not deaf he's also mute so i don't know but either way 100 100 jasmine nuts next nicola's mother looked like she was about to eat misha's soul after she found out misha is divorced with kids yeah next I don't think we need an astrologer or natal charts or star signs to tell us these two do not belong together. Uh Uh-huh. Next. This is great. Wait, Jasmine was banging Dane a month ago. Dane Dan. Dane Dan. Oh, God, I did it wrong. (laughs) A month ago. I knew it. You can't trust a sugar baby. We'll get there. Oh my God. That's technically in the next time on, but whew, next. They're expecting me to marry Virgin. Motherfucker, you're 46. And that is it for the memes. There is definitely more. We had a lot of memes this week for B90 and not as much for the other two. Um, Toe and Last Resort, but We'll get to that when we get to that. But the reason that we are here, B90 Season 6, Episode 12, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. So we start off with Riley and Violet. So Riley and Violet are going to be meeting up and he's going to be apologizing to her. He has flowers. He thinks that they are compatible even though they do bump heads. I mm, I don't know. <laughs> she comes in, and at this point, he decides to hide the flowers under the table, I guess. She 
sits down and he's asked like, how are you doing? And she says that she isn't doing well. She says she unblocked him the night before. Um, and that she is hoping that he can admit it was his fault. She says resolving the issues depends on him and that it's his last chance. He then pulls out the flowers and that, you know, he apologizes at this point and says, yes, it's his fault, blah, blah, blah. And she says that flowers are not an apology. Okay. He says that he apologizes. He says, I understand that only family can ask those types of questions, not friends. She says that Tiffany asking the question is not the issue. The fact that he never protected her is what is the issue here. And I 100% agree. You can't necessarily control what someone is going to ask. And she says, like, in this moment, you literally sat there and told me to answer her. You were forcing me to answer her. That's where the problem lies. And the thing is, it's like, again, and I've, we, we said this before, you're using Tiffany to get to the core of the issues here without talking to her first. Now, I will say, and we'll get to it a little later on, she doesn't want to address anything at all. And that's not realistic. I don't think these two are compatible on either end. It's not just him. It's not just her. These two are just not equipped to be together at the very least. But I don't even know if they're equipped to even be in relationships, to be totally honest, for different reasons. And I'll get to it maybe more at the end here, but I don't think they're equipped for really anybody. Um, And I'm not saying that to be harsh on either part, but I'll get to it. Um, She tells him that she's disappointed. He says to her that I should have definitely protected you. And she says that she will accept the apology, but, you know, sincerity she feels coming from him it's not enough he says you know can i ask you a question is this conversation going to be about me and my faults and she says yes straight up says yes and she says before she even says yes it's like it's my fault and i kind of said like you know in this in this particular instance riley you need to just apologize and shut up. Now isn't the time to challenge her to be like, is everything my fault? Unfortunately, in this moment, yes, it is just all your fault. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily right, but I think a lot of the time women are just like, I'm mad, I'm angry, I don't want to hear how it's my fault at the moment. I want to get my anger out and you're going to sit there and shut up and take it. And then eventually, maybe I can have this conversation with you. Unfortunately, though, I think Violet is not that person. I don't think she can ever have that conversation with, with him. Um, so he says, okay, fine. How can we move forward? Because when I ask you questions, you don't answer. And it makes me feel hurt. 
And he says, I am always willing to answer all of your questions. So she says, listen, it's because my English is broken. This is not my mother tongue. Um, and she says, maybe you can translate that for me and then I can answer the question. He says, okay, great. I'll do that. I'll do exactly that. That That's perfect. Um, and she says that she just wants a man who's going to love and protect her. And we find out here he only has four more days left in Vietnam. And I guess all is good now. However, however, and I'm about to rip this guy to shreds in about a second. Riley doesn't believe her about her comment about the English being an issue. He thinks that it's an excuse. And I said, motherfucker, do you hear how she talks? Her English is very fucking broken. Okay. Common fucking sense. So you want to sit here and say to the camera and think, we're, you know, she's making an excuse. Her English is fucking broken. It's not horrible. She's able to communicate and have a conversation with you, but to a minimum. And at the end of the day, like, she has no reason to know this in the English language. She has lived in Vietnam all her life and speaks Vietnamese. Like, I, I literally am thinking to myself, I'm like, are you fucking dumb, sir? She can't even do an in the moment without speaking Vietnamese. She doesn't speak any English in her in the moments. Unlike, for example, we'll say Sheila, she'll go back and forth, but nine times out of 10, I will say she speaks English in her in the moments. That's to me is a pure sign that her English isn't great, but she's able to communicate to some extent. And this motherfucker can't read between the fucking lines. I, I, it's an excuse, sir. Like, I, I was like, you can't be fucking serious right now. It's so fucking clear that this woman doesn't have great English. And at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. She has asked you, I think, a very reasonable request to translate your questions into Vietnamese so she can understand it better. Do you want to have the fucking conversations or not? Anyway, moving on. Um, they're going to be going to a Buddha temple the next day um, together. So we're there the next day. He is ironing his traditional outfit that she got for him. It's very nice, very pretty. And he has to wear this at the, the, the Buddha temple. And he holds it all goes well because he does not have the strength to argue anymore with her. So we get to the temple and I said, it looks amazing. I've actually been fortunate enough to go to a Buddha temple, to tour Buddha temple um, in, in high school. Again, really, um, Catholic high school grade 11, we went to multiple different um, types of um, temples, I guess is what you would call them in this case. 
um, because we learned world religion. So Buddha temple was one of them. It was the very first one we went to and I absolutely loved it. Um, uh, anyway, so they pray in front of um, what looks like a Buddha. Um, and I know like in this case, like my mom's like, but he doesn't even know what to pray. With Buddha, the Buddha religion, you don't need to have a set prayer, I feel like. I think, I can't remember from where I learned this. Anyone really can be a Buddha, a Buddhist. Um, even if you're not necessarily a practicing, practicing Buddhist. Because it's so centered on meditation. Um, I don't know if you know the history of how the Buddhist religion began. was started by a Hindu whose name was, I think, Siddhartha. I can't remember his last name now, but that's how the Buddhist religion was started. It was started by somebody who wanted to further um, his meditation years and years and years and years and years ago. And that's how the Buddhist religion kind of began. Like that's a very short version of it. So anyone really can be um, a Buddhist without being a Buddhist, if that makes any sense. Not to take away from the importance of that religion, I think it's an, honestly one of the most amazing religions when you really dig deep into the history of it. Um, and you don't really need to know what to pray. You just, you just pray about whatever, or, you know, you ask for something and, you know, it's very centered around, um, in the same way of the Hindu religion, very centered around karma. Um, so, Put anything out there into the universe and see what the universe gives back. So Violet says to us that she is not Buddhist per, per se, but she does feel so much peace when she goes um, to, to the temple. So again, that just kind of lends into what I just said a few minutes ago. Um um, so they go somewhere else in the temple and they pray in front of another Buddhist statue. Um, and they kind of walk away now and she asks him like, what did you pray for? And he says, can I tell you? He says, yeah, you can tell me. And he says that he prayed that he wouldn't hurt anyone with his words. She prayed for her family and for them so that they go to, yeah, sorry, this is they pray for them, that everything goes well for them. So they go to this other place and a little confused here, well, not fully, I've kind of seen this before, but they go to a place where they you can buy like candles or flowers um, and they will basically write your name on this like pink paper. I guess it's the only way I can describe it. And they hang it up. Um, so they do that. They're going good. 
but there is still things that they need to work through. And this is what Violet says. Next, we see them in another scene. They're going to go fly a kite. And I'm going to try to not sing the song, but I'm dying. Let's go fly a kite. (laughs) Anyways, this is kind of a big thing with flying a kite within the Vietnamese culture. Um, Kind of similarly to, I believe there's a day in India that they do the same thing where they fly a kite and they actually like fight with the kites. Anyway, um, they struggle at first to start flying this kite because Riley has never actually flown a kite before. And I said, okay, I'm not saying that I've flown many kites, but I have flown a kite. I've probably flown a couple kites or had like one flight, one kite that I flew a couple times. You are 40 something years old and you've never flown a kite. I guess it's not easy to find a place to fly a kite in Jamaica, Queens. I don't know, but I think that's where he's from. Um, so anyway, eventually they do get it up in the air. She says that they do have things that they need to talk about. Um, and she asks if I come there to the States, like, how are you going to take care of me? And she literally asks him in this moment, how much money do you have in your account? I said, girl, (laughs) I don't even think I've asked that question. Like, okay. I know how much my partner makes, you know, we're at that point where I know how much he makes and how much I make, blah, blah, blah. However, I don't ask him at any given time how much is in his account at that time. Like what? (laughs) That's still like, that's still his business. And that's still my business. Like how much is actually sitting in our account. Um, But I, I don't, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm like, okay, I see you asking questions that you shouldn't be. Um, but she basically just wants to know like how he's going to take care of her. And he says, well, if you're asking about savings and investments, he says about one hundred and hundred thousand dollars Okay. Um, he says not a lot of money and no, it's not, it's definitely not a lot of money in, in the States, uh, well in North America, but he says that I make broke look good. And I said, okay, he, um, he wants her to be more honest with him and he does want to ask her a question. So he says very politely, can I ask you a question? And he does now bring up again, because he's brought this up before, about the text messages to to his father. And he asks, and again, before he even is able to really finish the thought, she says, we're not supposed to be talking about the past. So I'm going to get to her in a second. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to have only a few more notes. I'm going to finish this. So he asks, like, do you regret talking to his dad like that? And she doesn't. Like, she doesn't regret it. At first, she kind of, like, hesitated and says, no, I have no regrets. And she says, when she sent the messages, she was mad. She was big mad, okay? And I said 
like, okay, you have to understand, and maybe this is cultural difference, but you have to understand if someone went to my parents and started talking shit to them about our relationship, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Really, truly, if you go to anybody, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? And it's not, it's not cool. You don't, if you have a problem with me, you deal with me. If you are not able to deal with me because let's say I've blocked you or I'm not answering your messages or answering your phone calls or whatever the case may be, then you sit and you do and you deal. You don't then go to my parent. And in this case, his father near me died from having COVID. You don't go to my father or mother or whoever and say, well, your son is not a great partner. Fuck you. And again, that might again be cultural, but I, I I don't know. I wasn't about this. So she then says, I have a name for you that I've put in my phone and he is called King of Killing Feelings. And he isn't thrilled by this revelation. And he says, okay, I'm the king of killing feelings. Okay, cool. And he says, listen, you don't fix problems in relationships. And I want to hundred percent agree with him on this without dealing with the past issues that you have. You have to deal with them. You have to be able to talk to them, talk about them, but then you have to squash them once they're dealt with. You can't go back and rehash the past you're not going to get anywhere in your relationship that way either. So I'm just like, what? Yeah. In terms of like how I feel about the, about them in terms of their relationship and whether or not they are really truly equipped to be in this relationship with each other or in general with anybody, they're not. And for a multitude of reasons why I think they will never be able to be in relationships with anyone is because neither person has dealt with their shit before trying to be in a relationship. It's very similar to really everyone on this fucking show. <laughs> they haven't dealt with their shit. You have Riley who is still hell-bent on being stuck in the closet type situation. And then you have her who has very much talked about the fact that her relationship with her ex-husband wasn't great and she needed definitely a lot more from him. So you have these two instances where they're just not dealing with their shit. And then they are in this relationship. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's unfortunate that they can't just deal with their shit because maybe they would have something good here, but they're just too hell bent on, on dragging their issues into their relationship and it's just not going to go good. But yeah, that's it for 
Riley and Violet for this week. So now we're with Gino and Jasmine. So they're back at Panama City. And they're shaving each other's nose hairs. Um, yeah, I guess those who shave their nose hairs together stay together. Question mark. And we actually see at some point that like her dog is like coming out of her suitcase. So she kisses him on the cheek and now there is lipstick just smudged all over his cheek. Um, and she's unpacking, I guess, the suitcase and she's like, oh, look what I found. Um, his blue pills. And they're in the suitcase and I guess that's how he ejaculated. Anyway, <laughs> so the next day, they're going for a walk and mm, I need to say, these damn clips in her hair, she thinks they look cute. They don't. They they really don't look cute. They look absolutely ridiculous. That's all I'll say about the clips and the hair. But anyway, they, like I said, they're going for a walk. And while they're walking, he basically asks her, so do you think you're pregnant? Because you look at honey, honey. You've only been here for, let's say at this point, maybe about a week. You, the most time that you've actually had sex with her was on this trip you just went on. And that is the only times that you have actually ejaculated in her versus having to ejaculate by yourself. So the first time doesn't even count, but even if, even if the first time did count and you did ejaculate in her, um, as a man in his fifties should kind of understand the process of how a woman gets pregnant. We can't even do a pregnancy test within that first week. It's just nothing. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't happen that quickly. And you should know that. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I'm just, I'm a person that feels like I'm a firm believer in if you're going to have a child with a woman, you should be somewhat educated as to how the process works besides the first step. (laughs) Like you shouldn't kind of know this. So I thought that absolutely funny but anyways and then he to top it off says oh well you look it and i'm like shut up let's continue as we find out yet again because i completely forgot about the storyline in the last season he wants a child he does talk about the fact that he was not doing the impression she did too but then again he brings up the fact that she was on birth control the last season and never told him about it. I completely forgot about this. Um, he thinks that, you know, since we're doing so good, we're ready. You guys have been good for like two days. That is not enough to be like, okay, we're good now so we can have a kid. 
that's again, just not how it works. So she says, you know, let's talk about that. I want to talk to you about some stuff. Okay. So they sit down and she says, she does like the idea of having a baby, but in reality, it's, it hits her very differently. And she tells him that having kids, it's not easy, 100%. And if we are not strong, it could just cause more issues. And she's 100% correct. Like, you need to have the basic foundation laid out in your relationship before you try to bring children into it, because that's just more pressure to crack the foundation. So it's, I 100% agreed with her on this. And of course she's been through this with her, with her marriage, had her kids with that person and now they're not together. So she clearly understands like you need to be so strong and you need to be strong in your relationship for more than two days. I would give it at least at minimum six months, but preferably even a year. So, um, he's confused because he thought that she does want kids and she, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think she doesn't want to have kids for him, but she's trying to say that we're not good right now. So why are we even thinking about having kids? At the same time, if she decides that maybe she does not want to have kids, then that's also a conversation that they have to have. But I do, I am under the impression that he would not be with her if she didn't want kids. They wouldn't be even going through this right now. So I think that's very big for him, which that is also understandable. Again, we've had this conversation with like Angela and Michael plenty of times over when he was very much about the fact that he wanted to have kids of his own and her just complete dis- disregarding that. Men are allowed to want children. They just are. And they are allowed to want someone who is able and willing to have children with them. Now, when I say able, I'm not talking about sometimes shit happens and you're just, you find out that you're not able to have children with that person. Now, if that guy leaves you because of that, he's fucking that, he's a fucking asshole. And I'm not talking about that because that's a whole separate issue. But if you don't want to have children, do not string a man along to make him think that you want to have children. If you don't, then you don't. And you need to say that up front. If you're unsure, fine, you're unsure, but you need to tell him of that about that up front. That's important. The same respect should go for men when it comes to children, the same way it should go for women. It goes both ways. If a man wants to have kids or not have kids, that needs to be respected. And if it doesn't, that means that you don't stay with that person, you don't stay with that person. Now with Angela and Michael's a whole separate thing. That man should have fucking known that this woman can't have children for him because she was 50. She was like 51 when they met. So the chances of him having a child from her was absolutely not going to happen. But again, I think he was sold on a dream that Angela really couldn't provide to, to him. And then with this situation, I fully believe, like I said, if he didn't, 
if he knew she didn't want to have children, it just wouldn't have happened between the two of them. So, yeah. I don't know, really. But here's what... I don't know. They need to have that conversation. They have bigger problems than the fact that maybe one of them doesn't want to have children. But then I also think him being so hell-bent on the fact that he wants to have kids with her also then is like, okay, this is why he's with not necessarily her, but someone of her age because she's able to have children for him. Versus someone who's closer to his age is not. Um, but I got to some point, sir, where you're just going to be like, I think I've missed the boat on this. But then again, maybe not. Because Robert De Niro and uh, Mr. Al Pacino are like ancient and they just had kids for the first, like, you know, recently. So anyways. Um, so she asks him, at this point in our relationship, are you going, are, are we going to be good parents? And she says like, you're going to be retiring soon. And he says, yeah, but that means that I could spend more time with the kids. Okay. Now here's my thing. I understand like if he wants to retire early, but if you're talking about marrying some money, having to sponsor them up, but at having children with them. Is now the time to be retiring? You're not at retirement age yet. You, I can't remember how old he is right now, but he's not near a retirement age yet. So why are you retiring? Your retirement can only stretch so far. Eventually you're going to run out of money. Um, you can't survive on like your disability or whatever for very long, or when it comes to having children more so, you can't survive off of that. So why are you talking about retirement? Yes, you sure you get some more time with your with your kid, but then what? Jasmine doesn't because she's going to have to work in order to support this child in the way that they need to be supported. She has her other children too, which I don't know if she's planning on bringing to the States at any point, but I'm under the impression that she might at some point do that. Maybe not right away, but she will. And I don't see how your husband can retire. I don't understand. I understand time is important to have with your kid, but so is money, especially in the beginning. Actually, fuck that. At any point of a child's life there's always going to be some sort of expense that needs to be taken care of. Like how the hell are you going to put your child through like college when they need braces? Fucking braces are so expensive. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's thinking. And I think that's the point that she's trying to make. Um, She says, you know, kids, they're chaotic, 100%. And he thinks they can handle, you know, taking care of these kids. Plus, his family could help. But the problem is is that she can't see his family helping. 
them. Like she can't envision that because they don't like her. And I understand where she's coming from, but I don't think his family is going to leave you guys high and dry when there's a child involved. Um, they're definitely going to be there to help out and stuff. I'm sure of that. Um, but you know, I trust him in that more so than her because her fear is they just don't like me, but that doesn't even matter. Even though they don't like you, that has nothing to do with your child. Um, or potential child. Um, she says that I don't know if I can see myself having kids with him. She then asks, if I don't want to have kids, would you still be happy with me the way things are right now? And his response is, well, you know, I want a child. That's his response. And she takes that as, well, then that's a no. And again, I think, again, as I said before, yes, you need to respect the fact that a man wants to have a child. Don't tell him what he wants to hear just because you don't want to lose him. Sometimes you just have to make that sacrifice because it's not just about you. However, I do understand her fear in, at this point, she's invested of, if I can't give you a child, are you going to leave me? Or are you going to cheat on me? Or what's going to happen? I understand that fear. I think, unfortunately, and you're at certain points in a relationship, I think every woman goes through that fear. Um, you know, so it, I feel for her, but then I also understand him. I'm in this weird middle section (laughs) with all of this. Um, He says, I can't live, can I live without a child? Yes, but I just wouldn't be happy. And again, that's just another telltale sign that um, if if he doesn't get what he wants out of this, he's not going to stick around. Or he's, like I said, either going to get it elsewhere. Um, he asks, why now am I hearing about this? Hearing that you, your feelings about you may not wanting a child. And she says, probably because you didn't ejaculate before and now you are. <laughs> and I said, so you think because the man ain't ejaculating and you, at some point, the hope is he will, especially when it comes to children. Um, so that's neither here nor there. You should honestly have told him this when he first came to Panama, when we first saw you guys. The fact that this girl was on birth control when apparently that wasn't the plan was honestly, all the signs you needed, I think, personally. So, um, she says that I was also afraid that you would leave me. And he says he wouldn't, but, but nothing. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't know if he can be complete without having a child. 
again, that is also very, very telling. Um, but that is kind of how he feels. But yeah, that's the end of Gino and Jasmine for this week. Now we're going to talk about David and Sheila. So they are in the car and David is making these sounds um, that actually sounds like a phone vibrating. It's the best way I can describe what it sounded like. And Amy, the interpreter, she asks Sheila if she knows why he makes these noises. And she says she did um, ask him over video call and his response was, what sound? And that's when she realized that it was actually coming from him. And she thought it was a cell phone. Um, so before the producers actually ask him the question as to why he does that, I immediately thought he probably doesn't know he's even doing it. He can't hear himself and what he's doing. The thing is, is even if he can feel himself making this noise, he doesn't know what that will sound like on the outside because he he's never he, he doesn't know he doesn't know what sounds or what and because he's a no sounds was not is a non-existent thing for him so i totally understood that he just doesn't know that he's doing it um so the bs yeah, so the producer asks him if he's aware that he makes this sound and he says yes Actually, no, correction. The producer asks him if he remembers Sheila asking him about this. And he says yes, but he doesn't know he's doing it. As I said, he says it's only when he yells at someone intentionally to get their attention that he knows he does it. So he doesn't know. Um... So anyway, they're going to go swimming. It's only been a week since her mother's death. He will be there for one more week. And she wants him and her son, John Real, to bond with each other. She's worried that John Real thinks that he might be weird or odd because he's deaf. He doesn't know... David doesn't know what to ask John Real, but he does end up asking, like, what sports or games does he like? And John Real responds with saying, I like to play basketball and volleyball. And that's kind of it. David says, I don't have any other questions to ask him. But then you can kind of see a light bulb come, kind of go into his mind, and he's like, huh. And they end up playing. He ends up like slapping him on the hand to get his attention. And then they end up doing that, uh, that game I think that a lot of us played where you, you know, place your hands over someone's hands and then you got to kind of get them away where they slap your hand. Um, that's what they end up doing. And um, John Real is just having a lot of fun. He's definitely, this is perfect. And David says that, you know, I just thought about it. Kids just want to play around. So in that sense, the language barrier doesn't even matter. Um, 
And he says that this is what he did with his father in order to bond with, with him. So that's what he ended up doing. So they're going to the beach is where they're going to be going to swim. Um, and then again, they do the stupid, no sound thing. Y'all, this needs to stop. Stop with the sound quietness thing. We get it. He's deaf. We don't need to keep doing this. Initially, yes, I, I understand if initially you did this, but even, even in love during lockup with the deaf woman on that one, uh, I can't remember her name. They didn't even do this uh, as much on that show as they are doing here. This is fucking stupid. Can you stop now? Every fucking episode. Um, so David is splashing John Real and they're just having a grand old time. And John Real says that he was nervous at first, but not anymore. And he says that he wants to learn sign language now. I love this. Anyway, um, they are now skipping rocks and Amy takes a picture of all three of them. So later on, they sit down for dinner and everyone has enjoyed the beach day. John Reel's happy with David. Um, and we find out here that this reason this is so important to Sheila, besides the fact that obviously you want your son to bond with the person you're in love with, it's the fact that John Real's father is a fucking asshole and has not spent any time with his son. He doesn't even fucking speak to his son. Fuck you. I, mm, okay. My thing is, is you created a child with a person. Both of you did that together. And I believe she was married. Like, so even worse, you created this child together. The least you can fucking then do is be a father to your child. Presently, the, the verb father to your child. Just because you might be biologically someone's father doesn't make you a fucking father. You being active in their life and raising them alongside their mother, providing for them, loving them, makes you a fucking father. So fuck this guy. This kid seems amazing. And he he's just basically been abandoned by his father. Fuck that guy. Um, and I hope I, what will piss me off even more is if that guy is living well somewhere while his son is living in, I hate to say it, a d- dilapidated house that unfortunately his grandmother just fell through the fucking floor and is now passed because of that. That could have been his son. Fuck this guy. Anyway, um... So David says that he is willing to be a second father to John Real. And at the mention of this, John Real's eyes just light up. He is so happy you can tell that he's being accepted by somebody. Um and David asks John Real if he wants to move to the US. No. John Real says no. 
He does not want to move to the U.S. He is nervous about leaving his friends and his family and his country, which is understandable. Um, David says here that he he says to, to John Rill that he would have a good time in the States and he would learn English and, you know, there's a really great school um, that he would do well in. He would like the people in Omaha. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, David understands where John Rill's coming from. He says that, you know, I can emphasize with the situation because this is kind of what David had to do when he had to go to school. He had to leave um, his family um, in order to go to a school that would help him excel in his life. I believe he was in a completely different state than his family when he went to school. So he, um, he definitely gets it. So then Sheila kind of says, you know, do you have enough room for us at your home? And he says, no, he doesn't. But he says, you know, when you do come, obviously I'm going to have to find another place to live. I'm going to have to provide for you because that is my responsibility. And in David's in the moment, he says he does not want to worry her, but he does feel the pressure and he doesn't want to let her down. And again, that, kind of, that made me think about what I, when we mentioned in the Hawkeye section of the fact that he can't even do a GoFundMe page because he hasn't paid his taxes. So I don't know if he's paying taxes at all or if like he's in debt with the government. I don't know. But again, if he does like tax returns every year and he owes taxes to the government, he's probably not even getting a return back. He's probably like, at least here in Canada, which I imagine there's no different in the States, that if you have money owing to the government and you do a tax return, they take your tax return. Here we have like, you know, different benefits that you get. Um, like example, we got something that's called uh, GST here in the, in Canada that we get quarterly every year, um, and you know that amount is t- determined by our tax returns every year. So even that, even that little bit of money that you get every uh, quarterly, every you know, every year, they'll take that because you're owed that to the government. The government's owed that, so you don't even get that. That goes towards your debt. So he's probably not even getting a break at any point because probably not so much. It's just going right back. And if it gets to a point where they're not getting their money, they can't even garnish his garnish his income. So, I mean, I think that's an extreme. They probably won't go to that degree in the beginning. If But it could come to that if they don't get anything from him at all. So I totally was thinking that and I'm thinking, oh shit, like this could turn bad really quick. <laughs> and she isn't, she's not aware. But again, I also thought about the fact of, I don't know who he has in his life. However, there's no way in hell 
if he's only making, I think he said 800 a week, he might not even be able to sponsor her on his own. He probably would need a co-sponsor. But, I mean, hopefully something works out because they have to be together forever. So, (laughs) but yeah, I definitely was thinking that and, but anyway, that's it for David and Sheila this week. Um, We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to jump in with Misha and Nicola. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner, or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need like lingerie or protection or even just something to make it a little more fun like games or novelty things you can do all of this by going to love shop and you can use our unique coupon code reality t2 to get 10 percent on anything your hearts desire so that's love shop dot ca l-o-v-e-s-h-o-p dot c-a and use our unique coupon code reality2 that's r-e-a-l-i-t-e-a and the number two and we are back and we're gonna jump right in with misha and nicola so they're going fishing because y'all Jesus was a fisherman, but yeah. So they're just kind of standing on this rock and just throwing their like rods into the the water, like the sea. So she ends up pulling up her her rod, whatever, her fishing rod. Because he uh, wants to see if her bait is still there. It's not. Clearly the fish took the bait. Which I have only gone fishing twice in my life. Um, Once each with each grandfather. And I do recall the first time I went uh, fishing. The fish uh, ate my bait as well. Anyway. So, yeah, they're so close to the edge. And she says, I, you know, I'll figure this out. Like, I'm so, like, we're not close enough or whatever. So she kind of inches forward. And she's like, I've got this. I'll figure this out. And then, like, toot-toot, she falls down. <laughs> she could have died. Like, they're literally, she's literally edge of this rock. And, um... Yeah, she falls down and she's bleeding on her like knee, I believe, like close to the knee. And he says, let's go. She says, no, I don't need a band-aid. I'm good. And he's like, no more fishing. I don't want to fish anymore. She says, no, I'm fine. And he says, 
He says, you want to fall? You will die. You will die. You will die if you fall. But like their bleeding wasn't stopping. So eventually she gave in. Um, she says, I won't. When he says like, you'll die. She's like, I won't. I was a lifeguard, honey. The life lifeguard skills are not going to help you if you fall off a fucking rock that you're literally standing on. Anyway. So we find out that she's going to be meeting his family the next day. Um, they're both nervous for different reasons. Um, you know, she's nervous because his family doesn't know much about her because of, well, he hasn't told them anything about her. And he's nervous because, well, what if his mom will say something that is not nice about Misha? And he says that, you know, he will translate everything because she says, like, will you translate? And he says, I will. Um, but, you know, he just, he just doesn't want to hurt her feelings. Um, he says that his mom is very set in her ways um, because she's, she's older and he doesn't want to tell his mother about Misha's past. That's the biggest thing for him, very clearly. And she doesn't want to hide who she is. This is who she is. And she hopes that he can be as proud of who she is as she is. And she doesn't think, she doesn't think that he's ashamed of her. I don't think he's ashamed of her, but I think he's embarrassed by her. I think he's embarrassed by her past and the fact that she has children. That's what I think. Um, and he says that he tends to keep things from her for her protection. And she handles herself very well and says, I don't need to be protected. I'm fine. And again, it's very much of that misogynistic attitude um, that he has of, I need to protect the damsel in distress. And it's like, no, we don't need that. We can take care of ourselves. We are fragile little humans that we can't take a beating if that's what happens. Um, so the next day now she's getting ready to go, which of course she's taking long to do. She's nervous, of course, but now they're in the car. And he says that although his family isn't religious, as he's mentioned before, in the way he is, so now I don't know if he means like his family isn't Catholic. I don't know if his family is Muslim, but he he says that his family definitely does believe in tradition and that they expect him to marry a virgin and someone from the Holy Land. And I said here, but honey, you're 46 years old. If your family actually expects at this point in your life that you're going to be marrying a virgin, they're sadly mistaken. No, but I think the thing is, is that they still want him to probably marry somebody younger who maybe is a virgin and is able to give them children. Give him children. Already in slip. So um, they, 
So he says that he has never brought a woman home before. And they get to the house. Very, you know, normal looking home. It's very nice. And he calls his mom Nadia. Y'all, if I called my mother by her name, I don't even know. (laughs) So... I wrote down, Nadia looks a hell of a lot better than Nicola does. This woman is 70 years old and there's, my math is telling me 24 years between the two of them. How does she look better than him? But anyway, Misha brought some flowers for her, and she also brought her favorite chocolates, which I clocked were Lindor chocolates. Um, his mom cooked, and then they sit down, and then there's just this silence. And this awkward silence. And his mom says that she thinks that Misha looks nice and she looks friendly, but just doesn't know why she's here. <laughs> she doesn't know why. Um, so while Nicola is putting the chocolates in the fucking freezer, um, after she said the fridge, you're not going to get that ooey gooey goodness in the center now. Cause now it's frozen. Anyways, he ruined it. Um, he, while he's doing that, she says to him, Nicola, come back so we can, you can translate. Uh, to your mom for me. And he says, you don't need to speak to her that much. Well, fucking sir, she's in your fucking home. She would like to have a conversation with your mother and your brothers when they get there. And you can't fucking translate. Thank the Lord that one of his brothers speaks English, at least. I don't know about the other one, but at least one of them speaks English and will translate. Fuck's sakes, this guy. Um, but his mom was just saying, fuck this shit. She's like, I'm going to go make some Diwali. I think she said, so bye. <laughs> She's like, bye. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, but then the brothers, they're here now. And, um, the food comes out. The food looked incredible. Um, and his brother says, so, Misha, tell me about yourself because I don't know anything. I don't know you. And she tells Nicola, okay, well, then can you um, translate in Arabic so that your mom can also understand what I'm saying? And he says, I don't want to, Misha. I don't want to, Misha. A what? Sir. Sir. Fucking. You mm, you can't control the situation. She's in your fucking home in front of your fucking family. She needs to have a conversation. She's doing everything fucking right by, by coming here and meeting your family. This is what you fucking want. And you're like, no, I don't want to. This is when I pull out the fucking translator app 
and start translating in Arabic. I'm going to ask your brother who speaks English where I'm from to make sure I'm getting the right dialect and I'm translating through that fucking Google machine and your mother's still going to fucking know. Oh, the fuck. Um, so he says that he doesn't like to tell people about his private life. You mean your fucking family? I mean, yes, there are certain aspects of your private, of your life that you want to keep private to even your family. I understand that. But as simple as introducing this woman who you've been talking to for seven years and who you want to, I guess, marry, um, that isn't something that you should have an issue telling your family about. This is why I mean, like, if he's not ashamed, he's at least embarrassed by her. Um, my brother then asks at this point, one of them, I don't know which one, but one of the brothers says, from where do you know her, Nicola? And that's how it ends. But I was getting so angry <laughs> with him because I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Just tell them. You're, you're, mm, you're almost, you're almost a, a half a century old, sir, and you can't even tell your family about someone you've been talking to. I think at this point, they're going to be happy that you're coming home with anybody because they probably think you're fucking gay. Shit. Okay. So they're going to be happy that you're coming home with a woman. Doesn't matter if she's a virgin or not a virgin or she's been married before or not married before, if she has kids or not. They don't even care to say, oh, fuck a woman. Great. Like, really? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not talking about that so much, but I'm just saying I think the, the, the natural thought in a person's mind is this man is 46 years old and he hasn't brought no one home. And I'm pretty sure this is his second girlfriend. <laughs> they're gonna be like is, is he is is he <laughs> that's what they're thinking so and even if you were tell them that too like i don't care but like it's just ridiculous anyways that's it for misha and nicola for this week so next we are with statler and dempsey so statler was sleeping on the couch last night yeah. Dempsey doesn't know why she would tell her ex that she was even coming to England. And I agree. Why is that conversation even coming up? In all honesty, this person like ripped your heart out, according to you, Statler. Why would you want to talk to them? Like, why? Really and truly, the only ex I talk to is my ex-husband because just of the terms of how we ended our relationship it wasn't great but it wasn't horrible and we were able to come out the other side and and still be friends that's the only ex i talked to i don't talk to any other people's because i don't care to talk to them so you know anyway um dancy is going to work and she just dips out She's out of there. She's like, I don't want to be here. I'm out. So what Statler thinks is surprising after this little tiff they had the night before is that Dempsey thinks that they're moving too fast. She's like, 
you know, we've been talking for seven months. And I said, Stellar, you know what? Just because you've been talking to somebody for seven months doesn't mean you are moving slow. You're not. You've only been speaking to her for seven months. You have not been physically in each other's presence for longer than a week. There's a difference. And even if at seven months, you still think it's okay to be moving in with somebody that you're dating, it's also problematic. Now, I know the whole stereotype, lesbians move quick and whatever. I, I, I hear all of that shit, but it doesn't mean it's right. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But in her case, you were broken up with by the same ex you talked to about coming to England in the first place. You were broken up with because of the fact you're moving quickly and you're still doing it. You're not learning from your mistake here. And personally, for me, seven months isn't long enough. You need to wait at least a year before you even start having the fucking discussion. That's just the discussion. That's not even the action. That's just the discussion. Discussion should last a while. Like, you know, I mean, like to put it in perspective, I have known, as I've mentioned in the past, known my partner now for six years. We've had off and on moments in that time, but we've been fairly consistent now for, for a certain amount of years. But I didn't even start considering how, like, potentially having a child with him or living with him until probably about three years in. Like, I could see that possibility happening. But for me, there's a difference between seeing the possibility and actually start putting in the action for that to actually happen. There's a difference. And it was three years for us, three years in of me knowing him, that I felt comfortable enough to say, okay, I can see the possibility of, of us having a child together. I could see myself living with you and being comfortable in that situation. I can marry you and actually see that happening and me being happy with that. But that those actions didn't even happen at that point. There were still discussions that happened and plans that were made and planned and thought of. There was so much that was still put into that before that actually happened. And I take comfort in that because I know that I'm secure in, in where I'm at in my mind and my heart and in my relationship. For her, that's not the case. And we'll get there a little later. But it's just like, you can't keep continuing to make the same mistakes because you're trying to fill a void. So she starts with stuff with her ex. It's just not a big deal, she says. That's so dismissive of Dempsey's feelings. She says that she wasn't keeping it from her. It just never came up. And I said, okay, but that's still a lie. You know, probably in your gut that Dempsey isn't going to like that you're talking to your ex still. And that she knows that you're in England. You know, she's not going to like it yet. You don't tell her. Why didn't you tell her? Because you knew this reaction you got was what you're going to get. You're trying to avoid the the elephant in the room. So in so many ways, that's still a lie. Um, 
or at least some form of manipulation. And she um, doesn't know if she even has a relationship right now. And we see Statler calling her friend Natalie. And Statler kind of says, you know, things are going well, but then things went bad. And she tells her what happened from the night before and from her perspective and everything. And her friend knows that Statler kind of goes in pretty hard with things. So she knows the fucking patterns that this woman goes through in relationships. And then she brings up the ex, Statler does. And her friend says, well, you know, maybe she feels like she's one of many. And I said, that is beautifully put. That is in a way that she can understand, right? And Sattler says that her and her ex, they message every now and then, like to basically check in on each other, say yeah, everyone's okay kind of thing. Um, but that's it. And I get it. Again, that's kind of the relationship I have now with my ex. We we would talk frequently initially, but then I would say probably in the last year or two, it kind of tapered, or maybe I'll talk to him every month. We'll say happy birthday to each other and blah, blah, blah. But that's about as far as it goes. We can maybe talk about certain things, but again, I'm very careful what I tell him. I know he's very careful what he tells me because, you know, that's just how it is. So I do understand if you care about this person that you spent your time with. Again, I don't know how long she was with with her. Not that that matters. Um, but I get it. But then be honest with her and tell her that. My boyfriend knows that I still talk to my ex from time to time. And he sometimes will ask me, when's the last time you talked to your ex? And I'll tell him. I'm very honest with him about that. And he's well aware. And if there's any point where things may get out of hand, on my ex's part or whatever. I am honest with him about that. And I will even say, if you want me to end this conversation with him, if you want me to block him and, and remove him, I will. I will do that because I care about how you feel. But you have to have that open communication. And that is what Styler is missing here. Um, so Natalie says, you know what? Just take things day by day. Not everything has to be done now. Um, uh, and he's, she says like, you don't want Dempsey to run away the same way her ex did. So Statler says that she doesn't think she can take a step back. This is very telling because all of her life, she just wanted someone to love and to love her back. That's when we're seeing the psychopathy kind of coming out here a little bit. And she just wants to get this started. She just wants to get on with this. And she hopes that she didn't make, you know, she didn't make things worse with, with Dempsey. So the next scene we see Dempsey comes back from work and she does sit to talk with Stoller. And Dempsey feels upset because, you know, about last night and everything. And she brings up the fact of them living together. 
She said, it would be too much for us. And Statler says, not for me, but is it too much for you? (laughs) And Dempsey says that let's reflect on this trip. When you go back, let's reflect and see how we feel after you leave. Um, Before, you know, you just move in. And I think that is such a good way to handle things because you're so into the emotion of everything right now. And you shouldn't be jumping into things right off the bat in that first trip because you are on such a, such a high. And that's how you feel everybody should handle this. If you have people freaking proposing to people on their first trip when you don't even know if this is where you want to do. I understand that maybe sometimes you can't, you need to do it because you may not be able to get back. But you're on fucking 90 Day Fiance. Chances are if your storyline goes well, you're coming back. So, and they're the ones who are probably going to pay for your fucking trip in the first place. So, take a minute. Take a step back and, and reflect on it. Because maybe this is not what you want. Anyway. Um, Statler says that... You know, it's all fine and good, but is this going anywhere? I don't want to waste my time. And I said, but why are you, do you feel like you're wasting your time? Why can't you take the time? I mean, I think Statler is just about a year or two older than I am. I think, I can't remember how old she is now, but what the fuck is the rush? And again, like, I don't know if she wants to have kids. I don't know if either of them want to have children. And I know that's a longer process when you have to deal with, you know, IVF and and whatnot. But, you know, what the fuck's the rush? I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, It is okay to just relish and be happy in the state that you're in. Uh, You know, we... I've been in moments where I'm like, I'm just happy with where I'm at right now. And whatever happens, happens. Sure, do I want to get married again sometime in the future? Absolutely. I would love for him to propose to me at some point, hint, hint, wink, wink. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm happy with where I'm at and my relationship with him. And I'm good with that. Why do you have to have this rush. Just as Dempsey said, just live in the moment. Let's just take this all in. That's exactly what Natalie said to her as well. Um, Dempsey says that they should gradually get to know each other. And um, Statler says they have gradually gotten to know each other in the last seven months. And I said, but there's still so much more I'm sure you need to learn about her. You don't learn everything about a person in seven months. Again, I have been in my relationship for six years off and on, and I'm still learning things about him. And he's still learning things about me. That's the beauty of it. You're always learning something new in life. Not just in relationships, just in life. So um, then the ex is brought up. And Statler says that nothing was arranged with the ex. But it was talked about. Again, 
That is the reason why you didn't, you knew that she would get upset about this. This is the thing. You want to say it's not a big deal, but before you even fucking left Texas and you were with your friend at that sex chocolate shop, you said to your friend, yeah, I mean, my ex wants to come pick me up at the airport. I shouldn't tell freaking Dempsey because she's probably going to get mad. You fucking knew. So don't pretend like it's not a big deal because it clearly is. Um, she says she is willing to just leave her life behind Sattler for this relationship. And she doesn't want to go back to the States and then have Dempsey end up breaking up with her while there. Uh Uh-huh. So she then brings up, you know, not feeling loved from before she was even born. And she just wants to feel loved. Um, And I know that she maybe doesn't feel as accepted by her adoptive family as well. With things that have definitely come out about her family dynamic, her mother, I think, was a mayor. So they're probably very stush and she doesn't really fit into that mold. So I, I, I don't, it's not like I'm here saying I don't understand where Statler is coming from. I totally get it. And this is why it upsets me that people are hating on Statler so much because I think she is so much more complex than just you know, comparing her to like a sex tourist or whatever. She's so fucking complex that I don't think that's the case. I think she's just so fucking desperate for love. And maybe for some people, unfortunately, she's more attracted to people with British accents. But then I'm going to say this. If we're going to come in so hard, I know these are two different people, but if we're going to come in so hard for Statler, for liking British people, can we have the same energy then for Katy Perry? Because she married a British guy. She ended up having a child for another British guy, Orlando Bloom. Gorgeous. And then there was also rumors that she was dating Robert Pattinson at one point before she was with Orlando Bloom. So if we're going to have this energy for one person potentially liking someone with a British accent, then we need to have that same energy for everybody else who seems to only date guys or people who are British. I don't care that her type is British. I don't care. I don't care that her type is someone from England. That doesn't fucking matter to me. The The problem is, is, is her need and her want to have somebody just accept her and just go all in with for her. That's the problem. But that problem doesn't make her a bad person. It makes her a broken person that she, and I hate to say broken, but you know what I'm trying to say. And I think more than anything, what she needs is not a girlfriend. She needs a therapist who can help her deal with her abandonment issues, because that's what she's dealing with. And it's heartbreaking to see. Anyway, 
Dempsey hugs her in this moment. And in her in the moment, she completely nails um, Staller in a sentence. And she says, what is going on with Staller for her? Is this what she says? She says that she is just so desperate in a sense. Like I'm kind of paraphrasing at this point to have somebody because of her fear of the abandonment, because of the fact that she didn't feel loved um, or wanted from her from her birth mother from the very beginning. That's the first person who she feels abandoned by. But that's why she does what she does. And I thought she completely nailed what she said. Um, so we then find out that Statler is uh, going to be meeting her friends. Before this, though, she does say that she agrees to take things slow. We'll see. Um, but yeah, she's going to be meeting her friends. Um, the next day, Statler says, you know, when it comes to love, you should lead with your heart and not your head. And I was going to finish this up. She does say that she gets to sleep on the bed now, not the couch. <laughs> so anyway, in terms of her comment about leave with your heart, not your head when it comes to love. No, I don't think you should lead with either or. I don't think you should. But your heart can deceive you. So you should be able to think rationally in moments as well with your head. You have to. And that 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 thought process of, you know, lead with your heart, not your head, is is probably what's getting her in these issues <laughs> and having like people not stick by her. Um, it's not good, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's basically it. For Sattler and Dempsey this week, last but not least, and it's very, very quick, we have Cleo and Christian. Um, so today they're going to be meeting her friend, Evelina, and they're going to be doing a relationship chart thingamajiggy. I'm not about, like, I, not that I'm not about this. I would do something like this just for fun, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know things. I, I'm not, I don't know things at all. Anyway, she, says that she thinks people who are Geminis don't like astrology because they're talked so badly about because Christian is just hell bent. He's not on, but he's not about this at all. He doesn't want to do this. And I said, huh, I didn't, I'm not to say that I've heard like Geminis are not necessarily the favorite of the, of the, the astrology stuff but the zodiac signs but i'm i never thought gemini's were the worst though that's not my understanding i think it really depends on who like who 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 you're dealing with because i listen i've had a lot of friends in my life who at different times in my life who are gemini's and they're amazing they're amazing people ava for example she's gemini so it I don't get it. 
I've always was under the impression that Scorpios are the problem because they're just, they can be seen as very cunning and mysterious and, um, you know, kind of like that. But they're also kind of like that bad type energy in a sense because for whatever reason, and apparently they're also amazing in bed. My boyfriend's a Scorpio, so... (laughs) I do understand certain points of that personality traits that come out of a Scorpio, but at the same time, like the Scorpios are also great because he's amazing. So, you know, whatever. But I mean, I don't buy into all of this thing, but again, to some degree, I'm like, okay, I can understand because there's certain points of my Zodiac sign, I'm a Taurus, that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. That is kind of me to a degree, but then there's those other parts that is not me. I think that's also how it goes for anybody in any Scorpio sign. So you can't just lean into something and be like, you know, it's the end all be all and, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, let's continue. So, um, he says that, listen, isn't mean anything because i'm a gemini i was born on the same day as trump that does does that make me like trump and then he imitates trump he actually does a very decent trump impersonation i was was actually giggling um but to the other point that you're born on the same day first of all i didn't know trump's birthday because i don't give a shit but it explains a lot (laughs) Because, Christian, you kind of have some of his personality traits. May I please lend you to the narcissist aspect of your personality? Or the manipulation part of your personality? And here's the gaslighting. So maybe there is something to this astrology (laughs) Astrology stuff. Anyway, let's continue. So now they're there with Evelina. She says that she did a composite chart, which I believe is um, uh, uh, both of their charts together, their personal charts together. Um, She says that they are definitely connected with each other on a subconscious level. She says that they both value communication, but they also clash. And at this point, I'm like, damn, Evelina, do you want to do mine? (laughs) Shit. Um, Christian, she says, lacks sensitivity. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) And maybe empathy. Yeah, because narcissists do lack empathy. Um, and she says that, you know, there might be times where they treat each other as if they are enemies. And he says to Cleo in this moment that I felt like that at times that you treat me like your enemy. And Cleo acknowledges and she says, well, I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to do that. Um, he asks, so. Evelina, 
I wasn't really buying into this shit before, but now I kind of am because you're just kind of hitting this on the nail on the head. But what's your prognosis? <laughs> and she says that there are things that can be worked on, but maybe just maybe you guys just won't stay together. And Cleo is kind of like shaking her head, taking this in, and then all of a sudden she just starts to cry. And she says that she, you know, likes them, you know, when things are good, they're good. But, you know, when they were talking online, for example, she says, now that, you know, we're in person, we're not having these problems. And, um, you know, she's just worried that, you know, maybe this isn't going to work and I'm going to have to end this relationship. And, I think a lot of her tears are coming from the fact that she has probably felt so rejected by other people um, who she has been with before for whatever reason, whether it be maybe they just didn't like her or maybe it's because she is trans, maybe it's because she is autistic. And not to say that any of those reasons are that no one should feel unwanted because of something they can't control. She can't control that she's autistic. She can't control that she's transgender. I I would rather she live in her truth and be happy in her truth than to not and then she's just not happy. So that in itself is something she just can't control. So yeah, I I think that's horrible. So I think that's a lot where this is coming from. I think she's willing to settle for Christian because he's accepting her. And, you know, she she doesn't want to let that go. But you should. <laughs> there has to be somebody else better. And it, it can't be him. This man is, is not deserving of her. So... But yeah, that's basically it. That's it for Cleo and Christian this week. So next time on, we see Cleo and Christian playing dress up. And he tells her he brought something for her. Uh, no. <laughs> Abort mission, please. Um, then we see R- uh, Riley and Violet talk about his insecurities and he brings up the fact that he almost hired a private investigator to track her. Um, David is shopping for rings in order to propose to Sheila. Nicola tells his family that Misha is there to spend time with him to also possibly get engaged at the end of her trip. Mom looks like she's about to have a heart attack. I'm not sure, though. Maybe that's just the editing. And he tells them that she was married and has kids. Brasvin and Amanda continue with their argument that we saw from last week. Um, And she says that maybe they are just not right for each other. And he says, trying to fight back tears, that it's not fair. He's kind of continuously says, it's not fair um, that you're treating me like this. And, you know, Jasmine, well, 
they're arguing. What else is new? It's actually more of a huge blow up at this point. Jasmine says that she's going to go back to her ex and that she fucked him one month ago. We knew it. We knew it. She knew it. We all knew it. Gino fucking knew it deep, deep down because he got upset about this. The fact that he was being hidden. But Gino definitely holds his own and says, I go back to your ex. But uh, yeah, like he's really yelling back at her too. Definitely haven't seen that before from him. But yeah, that's it for for next time on. And that is it for B90 this week. And again, guys, thank you for your patience for this video of uh, Video God pause episode. Um, you're doing our best to get everything out to you as quickly as possible because of course ultimately i'm sorry yesterday as well so we want to make sure we can get everything out to you on time but again just be patient with us you might get stuff over the weekend um maybe even into next week um but if you like what you heard please share this podcast with everyone in your life we want the growth we want to grow and also please rate and review us. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We now are on Google Podcasts. I'm not sure if you can rate on there. I would imagine you could. So you can also rate us there. (laughs) That helps with our growth as well. We want to be able to have everyone have access to this podcast. Um, And also make sure you hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a single episode. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by connecting with us on either Facebook, Instagram, or Threads, and you can follow us at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also email us at Reality Tea Times 2 at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can listen to all of these episodes as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And that is at reality, reality times two dot aludu.com. All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, 
you can create clips, you can do your ads, that's just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly, just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.